Okay, we have four questions. Dear Honorable, can you tell us a little more about this hell realm? Because the way I see it, hell already exists on earth and in our mind. True, there's killing, there's wars, there's natural disasters, oh, lots of uh, mishaps. Every day, if you take a look at uh, what appears in the headlines of newspapers, you can see all kinds of killings, rapings, criminal offenses, and all that and all that. Too many of these things. And in our mind, not just in our mind, hell exists on earth, I'm talking about, physically and metaphysically, materially and non-materially. Um, you can see, sometimes you can see house, prisons, slaughterhouses, wars and disasters, but more and more people are suffering from psychological sickness because a lot of people suffer from hell in their mind. Being a monk in here, I was always asked to resolve some of the family problems and some family members, uh, for example, um, two children, a boy and a girl, and the girl um, got admitted into um, university and uh, struggled very hard. Up to the first year, uh, she suffered from a collapse, a mental collapse. And from then on, he heard people talking to her, uh, whispering in the ears. And uh, not just male, female, talking about all sorts of things. Couldn't sleep, couldn't study. She had to ask for leave of absence for three, four years. And I don't know what happened to her now. More and more people suffer from mental disorder, depression, schizophrenia. Lots of hell in the mind. Um, so you're right in saying that the way you see it, hell already exists on earth and in our mind. But I would like to add one more thing to it. Hell exists on earth. And hell also exists, say, in the underworld, uh, after death. It is written in the sutra and Many philosophers and many writings have shown that hell on earth is not as fair as in inferno, as hell in the underworld. Downstairs, we call it. Why? Because in here, if one person committed the crime, he could intricate a lot of people into that crime. For example, in ancient China, I don't know what, if that happened in Europe in the ancient days. If one person infuriated the king or done something wrong, the king could order the whole clan to be executed. So there's one corrupt individual, uh, he committed serious crime, the higher official or the king can order the whole family to be executed. Nowadays, less and less of these things. And also, if a criminal performs some criminal acts, he could defend himself. He would get the most famous big good lawyers to defend himself, and he could get away with it. He could be able to get away with it, even if you have committed the crime. 
In Inferno, you can't get away with it. Because everything you have done, I always imagine what would it be like, they say, there's no such thing as intrication of other people. One person is responsible for whatever he has done, not other people who are innocent. The ruler of hell, Yama, yeah. There's always, always a saying that Yama would not make a mistake. If he make a mistake, it's not Yama. And I think, well, would Yama make a mistake? If they didn't make a mistake, what would they have done? I always imagine they had a huge, big computer, screen, monitor. When they pass the judgment, usually the criminal in hell, in Inferno, who died, of course, in Inferno, would say, I didn't do that. I didn't do any of those. And somebody got me into it. I didn't do that, so I was innocent. They always argued that they were innocent, just as they would argue they were innocent in this world. And then the Yama would show a monitor, say, they didn't do that? See all this? See all these videos that we shot for you in detail. He couldn't get away with it. And then after he's, he's seen the, the video, he say, he say, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I did that. So it, there's equality in Inferno, but there's no, in, there's no equality on Earth. So the hell on Earth is even worse than the hell in Inferno. There's no equality. You could get away with a good lawyer, but you cannot get away from Inferno. Yama will get you. So you're right in saying that hell exists on earth and in our mind, yes. If you read the Sutra of Sirikabapu Sutra, it has a very detailed description of how many hells are there, what happened to hell, and what do you do. If you go to certain hell, you must have done certain acts, criminal acts, bad acts. Sirikabapu Sutra has detailed description of hell and it's in English too. It's both in Chinese and English, so you can take a look at that. Yeah, hell is right on earth, especially to animals. You see how animals were slaughtered? How the mink was slaughtered for the fur? They were smoked to death. And in some countries, they skinned the mink alive. Sometimes they didn't have enough smoke to kill them, so some of these mink were semi-conscious. They were still conscious, and they skinned them alive. And I've seen on, uh, on slides that uh, one pile, the skin already peeled off. The peeled off skin mink lying on one pile, you know, blood and flesh on one pile, like a small little mo mountain. And the other side is a small little mountain of their fur. So they have two hooks. They hook the mink alive in there, or semi-conscious, and they skin them right away, and they throw the body of the mink on one side, and they throw the fur on the other side. That's how your fur comes from. And they can sell, sell for expensive for thousands of dollars on a mink. So you think you may have worn a mink coat? Many lives were in one mink coat. You think you were beautiful walking the catwalk with this mink? How many minks you already responsible for killing? And uh, I know a friend built a huge refrigerator, a freezer, a refrigerator just for storing the mink coat. 30 or 40 mink coats. And uh, for mink coats you have to put it in a freezing temperature. Millions of dollars of fur coat in there. How many beings were killed? That's what we mean by karma. And uh, I gave her the advice to sell them off and um, release the money for donations to save animals from being slaughtered. If you have any mink coat, sell them. Use the, the money for donations to save animals. Don't kill animals for mink. Don't kill animals for their skin. 
And finally, don't kill animals for food. It's not right. Why do you kill the ducks, the chickens, pigs, cows? You, you don't need to kill them, right? I've been a vegetarian for many, many, many years. I still survive. You don't need to cut your sirloin stick, your pork chop, your lobsters. You don't need to do that. You don't need the taste. That's an attachment to the tongue. The tongue likes the taste because that gives you the sense of pleasure of that taste. Be a vegan, be a vegetarian. To the animals, this is really hell. And in some countries, they even eat monkey's brain alive. Who wants to listen to how to eat monkey brain? Nobody, right? So I don't have to say it. Yeah, okay. Oh, you saw that in the movie. You know what, you still remember that movie? Barnet, what, Jones? Indiana. Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones. You still remember that movie when, when that lady passed out, you know, eating the monkey's brain? Okay, that's it for this question. Can you please share more information on the short-term ordination in August? The price, where, activities, and how can we become monks and nuns? Price? It's priceless. <laughs> it's priceless, but there's no charge for it. It's so priceless that if you become just one day, according to the Sutra, you achieve tremendous merits in it. Because why? You, you know why? For one day you become a monk or a nun, you would have achieved tremendous benefits in it because you germinate a seed to become the Buddha that seed will be in your memory. And there's no clear history function. Not like your iPad, you can clear what you have seen. No clear history. It's always there, waiting for it to sprout. So that's absolutely important. And if that Buddha nature shouldn't sprout, and you practice and practice, and you become Buddha, what would happen? What have already transpired, what have already happened since 2,600 years ago, Prince Siddhartha became the Buddha, what had happened to the whole world? Billions of sentient beings learned the teaching to transcend suffering, uncountable for 2,600 years, and there's more to come. So if one person has become a Buddha, we don't know, Billions and billions and billions of sentient beings will be saved. You see how the merits go? Geometrical expansion. You, you realize the merits right now. So price is priceless. You cannot put a price on it. Cost? Free. But in your mind, you shouldn't have thought like this. Oh, it's free? I don't have to pay any penny? Oh, then maybe I should go. You know what a price means? Paying out to get what you read in return, that's the price. You always think about how much you give in order to get more return. When you look at the price, what is in your mind? Is it worth it? I want to get more than I paid out. I want to receive, 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 but I don't want to give too much. That's why you bargain. That's why I bargain. Uh, that's my defect, because I was brought up near the market. They were used to bargaining. And every time when I see a price, I say, maybe I should bargain it down. 
So that's, you know, a monk also has defects, you know. A monk is not a saint. Because I've been influenced as a, as a boy, but I was running around the market, I was used to bargaining. I don't feel comfortable when I don't bargain down a price. <laughs> that's the problem that I have to change. So when you think about a price, you already have a label it, stigmatize it as something that you, you want to get in return. But I tell you, it's priceless. Location is right here. Activities, we'll announce those activities. It would be, you have to wake up 4.30 in the morning. We all wake up 4.30 in the morning. Say your morning prayers, do your morning lesson, and every hour you have a schedule. One hour meditation, the next hour prostration, the, sixth, the third hour circumambulation or going out to nature, walking in the nature, and then the third hour listening to a lecture, fourth hour maybe a recess, and then a lunch break, and then the next hour we'll be chanting, next hour meditation, your day is all packed up with activities. You have no time to think about other things. You have no time for TV, you have no time for your, for your iPad, for your cell phone. You're not allowed to do your email. Don't bring your burden in. Yeah? We won't lock up the gate. No. <laughs> so there are examples where in China, they actually lock up the gate in, in Zen meditation, and there were people who couldn't stand it. They climbed over and broke his leg. <laughs> oh, yes. There are, there are examples like that in Gaomin Monastery. Because in Gaomin Monastery, it's, they carry a cane. If you circumambulate, if you don't walk, walk, and then they, they, they monitor you. Some people couldn't stand it, they climb over the fence, not the fence, the brick wall, nine feet brick wall, and they drop, broke his leg. And there are people who are weak, and they fell sick, and they have, they only, not only seven days, they have 45, 49 days. And some of them, they fell sick, and some of them, they fell sick that they couldn't control their urination in some cases and they urinate right there. And, and, and the monitor of the meditation say, you're not allowed to leave. If you're not allowed to go to the washroom, <laughs> you know? You're not allowed to go to the washroom during that hour and a half. And if you urinate, we don't mind you urinating in there. Right in your pants. We won't do that, don't worry. <laughs> this is North America. This is Canada. We won't do that. So we allow you to go to the washroom. It's absolutely strict, because they say, during the seven periods, we want you to break through. We want you to break through the cocoon of confusion into enlightenment. And actually, many people achieve a sectory, temporary enlightenment, a sectory. They become wiser, they become more wise, and during the seven days, spare the rod, spoil the child. We've been too easy on you guys, and you don't know about it. You don't appreciate it. We allowed you to come and go. We allowed you to do anything. We even allow you to bring drinks into a meditation hall. I realize today you cannot. You cannot bring your drinks into meditation hall. Next time, don't do it. Only the lecturer who had to talk, sometimes he had the cold. If he didn't do a drink, he couldn't talk, then he would be allowed. But none of them should be allowed to bring drinks. You are isolated from the outside world. No communication whatsoever. You know, communications brought our contact closer. Um, 
because then you can communicate with each other, but it widened the gap of relatedness of a family members. Um, the advance in medicine to help us to, to live a little longer, but we become more and more unhappier. Why? So we have a whole activities for you, and um, every hour counts, it's free, but you must be in good health, and also you have to do chores too. There may be one or two hours where you have to pull weeds, scrub the floor, clean the toilet. You go back to the, to the household chores. Um, if you hate household work, don't come. Because there's a lot, there's, there's an hour, an hour and a half of cleaning. Not cleaning your own toilet, cleaning somebody else's toilet. Humbleize yourself, downgrade your ego. And you can say, I'm a multimillionaire, and you want me to clean other people's toilet? Yes. It does not matter who you are. You're a multimillionaire, you come here for the seven day meditation retreat, you still have to do what other people do. You clean the toilet, scrub the floor, that's part of the training. Next question, what is the significance of wooden swords? It's not practicing violence. The wooden swords is to cut your own mental afflictions. The sword in your hand is symbolizing cut your greediness, cut your jealousy, cut your hatred, cut your anger, cut all those inside of you. Don't cut others, just cut your own. Discipline yourself. It's not practicing violence, no. It is not controlling others. It's not about authority. Next question. If a being ends up in the animal realm, how do they ever escape or are they stick there until the end of time? If they stick there until the end of time, that means you believe in Swabhava. You believe in the animal has an intrinsic nature of disintegration or perishing. If something die and would die, 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 die and don't come back again, that has an in intrinsic nature of living just one life and no change. It dies forever. If it has an intrinsic nature, if it's being born, it can be born forever. It has a nature of swabhava. That means I'm God, I'm born. I don't need to be born again. I'm always born. I've always stayed permanently. That has this intrinsic nature. That's a swabhava. But there's no such thing. There's no swabhava. Swabhava is impossible. We exist, we born, we die by Asvabhava. We die without an intrinsic nature. That's why we change. Everything changes because of Asvabhava. Svabhava will suggest that there's no change. There's no such thing. All these changes, yes, we have changes. We're being born and die and sick and get old and, and all that. Yes, it happened, but it only happened Asvabhavically if we can put it like that way, but not swabhavically. And so the animals in, the, in Ram, they would not become animal all the time. When the time comes, they become, become human again. In other words, when they serve the term, the comic term of becoming the animal, when the term is all served, they become human again, or maybe they go to another level. We don't know. 
everything changes. Nothing is not subject to changes. So don't worry about it. Don't worry that you go down to animal and you'll never become a human again. When the time comes, you'll become human again. Somebody told me that in the YouTube, you recently, there was a pig uh, escaping from a farm and went into a, a temple, a Buddhist temple, and that pig was kneeling down his front, her, his front legs in front of a temple. And all these spectators were taking snapshots. Nowadays, you have cells that every, every cell phone can take snapshots, and some of them can take video, and they put it on YouTube. So there's a pig that kneeled down in front of a Buddhist temple. Everybody's, mm, many, many people see this. How come that pig was kneeling down? A pig kneeling down in front of a Buddhist temple. Unfortunately, the owner came and got him away. Um, the owner didn't know anything about it until the owner later confessed that he saw the YouTube and he, was, he felt sorry, regrettable. He said, if I have seen, if I knew the consequences, I wouldn't have killed the pig. So the, the pig was later sent to slaughterhouses, slaughterhouse to be killed. Uh, you can check in. A lot of examples like that. Check in reincarnations, check of animals reincarnating, check of humans reincarnating. Nowadays, we have a lot of information proving reincarnations, proving previous lives.